This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. And we are back again at it. Two weeks in a row. Personal record for us, I think. Is that is that about right? Yeah, that's about right at this point. <laughs> oh, man. My name is Kyle Makey. I am joined by Larry Leathers. We are Texas Soccer Radio. We're going to have some fun tonight talking about San Antonio FC victory, uh, talking a little bit of Columbus stuff because it kind of has to do with the Austin relocation slash expansion question um and uh yeah we're we're gonna have some general fun we've got a big game coming up for all the san antonio fans because phoenix is coming uh with several familiar faces most likely so that's gonna be a fun time um but before we do all that I want to give a shout out to the Beautiful Game Network for letting us be part of the crew. Uh, We really enjoy uh, being part of that family and uh, appreciate everything they do to help us do what we do. Uh, And thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, uh, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Um, yeah, if you go to TexasSoccerRadio.com, it will redirect you to our beautiful Game Network site. And uh, you can check out our show there. You can check out several other good shows like the USL show or Sock Takes and all sorts of fun stuff. So, um, Larry, how are you doing tonight, man? I just talked for like 10 minutes straight. So uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm happy to hear, be here doing the podcast again this week, two weeks in a row. Like you said, new record for us here. <laughs> um, sorry we're running a little late tonight, tonight guys. Um, you know, life gets in the way, but thankfully we were not going to let it get in the way of us doing a podcast tonight. Yeah, that, that was my fault. I'm going to be honest. So. Hey, sometimes kids don't want to go to bed and that's okay. Sometimes I would just want to go to bed. Like not podcast well, you, can't. You, you got a <laughs> podcast okay we need to podcast no i'm i'm excited to be here i'm excited to do this we always have a lot of fun um but yeah getting a little late start we normally start 9 p.m central time on periscope slash twitter um and i just saw periscope added an audio only feature um so maybe we'll put some audio only content out there for uh the data data savers out there Um, And of course, you can always check our show out uh, the next morning, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, And we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you can give us. Um, Preferably good, but you know, whatever gets the job done there. I'll settle Uh, for mediocre, honestly. We get those (laughs) like two and a half, three stars, a five, I'm good. Three stars, that's that's all you really need, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of getting the job done, San Antonio FC owns salt lake city um it is uh toyota field part two the uh the western annex of toyota field (laughs) um san antonio fc goes into real monarchs slc with a victory comes out with a victory two to one um on monday night which i'm gonna be honest i totally forgot about that game i got all the press releases (laughs) i got everything about it and uh it wasn't until i got the injury report that i was like oh crap there's uh there's football to be played tonight so there's a um, game yeah but 
got the got the ESPN Plus up and, and got to watch it, and I'm glad I did. Um, before we dive into the the details, what were your takeaways from that uh, Salt Lake City victory for San Antonio? I got to start with a shout out to Iron Pony Chef of USL Show Fame for reminding us that since the t- start of the 2017 season, the Real Monarchs has only lost two regular season home games. And both of those have been to San Antonio FC. Beast. Uh, Sam Doran here in chat. Hello. How are you doing? Hope to see you this Saturday. That would be cool. Um, with Phoenix visiting San Antonio, we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, but with uh, Salt Lake City, yeah. I, I think it's interesting that San Antonio kind of has their number, especially at home. Um, this is a team that even though they are a MLS2 team, um, uh, a B side, if you will, um, they tend to take USL pretty seriously and have been near the top of the Western Conference in the last two years. So uh, for San Antonio to get three points on the road there, that's pretty big surprise, right? What What were you expecting out of this game? I mean, I was hoping that the next two games between Salt Lake and the upcoming Phoenix game, we'd walk out of there with four points. So we've got a damn good start here. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I was expecting a, a repeat. Honestly, I was hoping for good things going into Salt Lake. Um, obviously, we've proven that we we we've got what they've got. We have their number, like you said before. We've got that dialed in there. I don't know how we seem seem to keep on doing it, but um, it keeps on working. Even though those guys are at the top of the table, and they still are at the top of the table, they're the number one team in USL right now. Um, so to be able to walk out of there with three points is huge. Absolutely huge. Now we just need to translate that into week to week winning from here on out. Yeah, and that's really the hard part, right, is uh, this San Antonio team has been pretty streaky. Sam says, high press of Monarchs caught Salt Lake City off guard, made center backs play. And, yeah, I agree. They even mentioned that on the broadcast to their credit. I know some of these uh, broadcasts can get a little uh, slanted, <laughs> a little homery, which is fine, um, in my opinion. But uh, they even mentioned uh, Salt Lake City has trouble when teams come in and press high on them, uh, and they just don't expect that. And so San Antonio not showing them that respect and kind of taking the fight to them seemed to work out pretty well. Um, let's see. Uh, I can't see a name on it. SA, it popped up on my screen and then disappeared. Um, Periscope? No, I missed it. Yeah. Oh, there it is. SA also played a bit chippy and stood up to Salt Lake City, which frustrated them. Great game plan and performance from Sam. Um, I agree. Like, I, I feel like this San Antonio team is at its best when it is taking the fight to the other team. And I, I don't want to use this phrase too lightly because I think it minimizes a lot of things. But when they play like they care, it usually ends up well. Oh, <laughs> When, and I say that, obviously they care all the time. They care more than we do. Um, But that doesn't always translate visually, right? So um, when you can see them kind of fighting for those chances and taking on those challenges, uh, you know, good things tend to happen. I mean, we we can't underestimate the fact that we've actually picked up a big difference maker here. Um, Lance Lang making big payoffs here for this team. a part of both goals that night in Salt Lake City. Uh, one taking the corner kick 
and Ever Guzman getting a header into the goal there in the in the first half. Um, in the second half, he took a beautiful shot from right at the top of the 18, curved it around a defender, and got it right past the goalie in there. Absolutely beautiful shot with a huge payoff um, to secure the win for the team that night. So, I mean, he's doing massive things for us and could be a huge turning point for the end of the season for SAFC. This is what we saw in 2016, too, was uh, Frank Tayu and Cesar Lozano come in, uh, not quite this late, but towards the end of the season, and it was game-changing, and it provided a spark that they didn't have before. Um, I, I am very excited to see what else Lance Lane can do. Uh, and from he's on loan from Cincinnati, right? Correct. He's from That's FC Cincinnati, yeah. Um, and I've seen some of their fans talking about how they're happy that he's getting minutes because he wasn't going to get them in, in Cincinnati. And um, that, that says a lot to the quality of Cincinnati, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. Uh, but I also think he's really well suited for this team. He's playing opposite of Omar Gordon. Um, he seems to be a winger who doesn't mind uh, drawing defenders to him. And when you do that, when you pull defenders over to his side of the field, that leaves your best playmaker open on the opposite side. And we've seen what Omar Gordon can do with space. So, um, you know, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy. And this could be a really fun attack to watch for the rest of the year. Now, we did see some interesting things on defense in this game. Um, our back line, we started with four men in the back line with Cochran, Hedrick, King, and Seth. Um, and then we saw some shifting around there. King actually was playing center back there with three men in the back. We did some rearranging there and some shuffling. Um, looked interesting, but seemed to work for the most part and, and pushed some guys forward to help with that, that attack. You know, obviously we don't know, other than what's on the injury report, we don't know what guys are dealing with, um, you know, as far as injuries. Maybe it's they're not 100%, but not bad enough to be on the injury report or whatever it may be. But what does it say that um, we've gone to Darnell King as playing essentially a center back role? And, uh, you know, when at one point we were talking about how much depth there was at center back this year, and now it seems like Cyprian Hedrick is the only one who can consistently stay healthy and provide a good shift. Yeah, I mean, Felix has seemed to kind of fall out of favor there. Um, McCarthy wasn't in the 18 at all in Salt Lake. Um, yeah, we need some help in the, the center of the field there, it seems like. And King got tasked with the role in that game. Yeah. Um, and, and like you mentioned, it was definitely a three in the back type system. If you look at the average positions, um, it, it was kind of Hedrick as almost a lone center back <laughs> and then Cochran and uh, King flanking him with Seth moved forward. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It got the job done, um, especially on a night where they were obviously looking to press forward. Um, and you have a lot of guys with their average position very far up the field, which is something that we don't always see from this team. So um, probably not ideal, but, uh, well, we, we can talk about that now. We, yeah. we may have some reinforcements here. Yeah, another signing announced for SAFC today. We uh, signed Moses Hernandez on loan from FC Dallas. So we got an MLS player coming down to us. I know a lot of people have been clamoring for that sort of stuff to happen, um, especially here with all the player movement the last few weeks throughout the league. 
um, lots of questions about whether we'd see any of those type of signings come to San Antonio, and we finally have. Yeah, and he, uh, from the press release, it says he is from the Dallas area. Um, he played with the U.S. at the U-20 level before making 15 appearances with the Guatemalan national team in World Cup qualifiers, CONCACAF Gold Cup matches, and international friendlies. Um, obviously, high-level competitions. Guatemala, maybe not the highest-level club out there. Not club. Highest-level team uh, out there. But um, the fact that he's regularly contributing, that's seems like a good sign <laughs> yeah no it's a good pickup for us he also spent some time with uh good old ryo okc back in the <laughs> nasl so um, that was a few years back but he was there as well so <laughs> take yeah. that take from that what you will i miss talking about uh people literally stealing the field <laughs> that was <laughs> an interesting couple months uh rip nasl um but yeah uh, hernandez he just looking through, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on him or anything, but just looking through some of the stuff about him, it looks like he primarily plays uh, left back, but I would expect him to be coming in to fill a center back role. Um, I I can't imagine that they're looking to um, back up Cochran or back up King at this point in the season. I feel like Mike Seth has actually done a pretty competent job at that. Um, I know that was some controversy at the beginning of the year and we can talk about that another time if we want. I was questioning it at the beginning of the year, but he's, he's done a good job of proving himself. He's been very reliable um, wherever they've needed him on the field, not just on the defense, but also pushing him all the way up the field as well. So I'm glad it's worked out. Yeah, so I would imagine that Hernandez is there primarily to play center back or a center role. Um, That's been by far the weakest spot on this team all year. And whether that be player level or just not working together or whatever it may be. But um, like I said last week, I I think this is going to be the Matt Cardoni show going forward. Uh, So you'll have Cardoni with probably Hedrick and probably Hernandez, unless McCarthy is healthy, um, in which case I do think he's a first-choice center back. Uh, It's just uh, his availability is not uh, ideal from what we've seen. Questionable at best at this point. Um, I think you're spot on. We're probably – I'm expecting to see him probably slot in there this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, on Saturday we'll probably see him out on the field at some point, if not starting. So before we get to Saturday, let's wrap up in Salt Lake City. Anything else that you want to mention from that game that you saw or didn't see anything like that? Uh, It was Matt Cardoni's third time back in goal now since uh, Diego Restrepo imploded back in uh, Phoenix. Um, He looks good. He looks good for the most part. I'm expecting him to be the stalwart for the rest of the season. Yeah, I... You know, I don't want to harp on this. I don't want to, you know, beat it into the ground. But after, no matter the situation, no matter how frustrating it may have been and a heat of the moment thing it could have been, you can't come out and say that you don't want to be here and expect to have all the fans behind you. Um, So it's unfortunate, but I I really don't expect to see him again, um, even if – I don't want to get reactionary, but I was going to say if, if Matt is unable to go, I, I'm not even sure Restrepo would be the first choice after that. Just We'd probably see Quezada at that point. Yeah. I, I'm not going to speak for the whole fan base or anything, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. 
Um, so before we get into Saturday, let's talk about some of the Twitter responses um, that we got. <laughs> uh, Maximiliano writes in um, talking about the auction that SAFC or, or Silver and Black give back, whatever the proper phrasing is. They're uh, auctioning off those San Antonio Thunder pregame warm-up kits, uh, warm-up jerseys, rather. Yeah. Um, and he noticed that there is a Diego Restrepo one up. I haven't looked to see if it's been bid on yet or not, but uh, it, 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 it was earlier when I looked. There was there one bid on it. So they're cool looking. We can talk about those yeah. in a second. But Maximiliano says, still offering a Restrepo shirt, maybe because someone will bid on it and it's still for a good cause. Um, he's still on the team. And if you look at the way the Spurs handled other players in the past um, on the basketball side with Kawhi and way back when, if you remember Steven Jackson getting cut right before the playoffs and uh, you know, more recently on the soccer side, there were some players who were moved mid season um, and there wasn't a whole lot of drama publicly about that. So, um, you know, I don't expect anything from the club uh, in regards to Restrepo, honestly. And yeah. to be fair to him, he is on the injury report right now. He's hurt. So, you know. Sorry, last thing about that. Oh, God. <laughs> so Here we sorry. go. Here we go. No, it's not all that. It's just um, I, I've been working on a story about the whole event. Um, and part of the problem that I'm running into is it's club policy that injured players are not uh, available to media mm. and, and they don't comment on injured players. So there's, you know, hopefully in a few weeks we'll be able to um, see where Restrepo's at. And maybe this is all just a big misunderstanding, but um, anyway. So San Antonio Thunder jerseys. Yeah. Hopefully that's the last <laughs> I, I harp on that. Sorry. Um, yeah. The, I'm looking through the Twitter responses real quick. Here, let's let's do Mads Twitter uh, response. Mads writes in, considering a healthy Felix was left out of the lineup last game and we just signed Hernandez, is Felix being replaced? Definite possibility. Um, I think that's probably going to depend on what Hernandez looks like when he gets here um, and after spending the week with the team. So they just announced that signing today. And we have two, ga two days until game time, but I'm expecting to see Hernandez slotted in a starting lineup as of right now. Um, what do you think about the idea of King continuing as that center role and putting Seth out on the wing? Um, I'm not totally against that, but I also like to see King with the ability to press farther up the field because um, he is an offensive threat for the team as well. Um, he can definitely mix things up up there if he gets up towards the box. So I don't know. Um, maybe I think his strength is as a winger. So I'd prefer to see King on, on the wing, but if he has to play center back because it's just out of necessity, then so be it. I think he'll excel at whatever position he's put in at this point, to be honest. He's such an attacking threat that it's a shame to see him kind of reeled back a little bit, but you have to stop the goals from coming in. And that that's been the biggest issue so far. Um, I'm going to take a gamble here. We have a voicemail that I did not get a chance to screen. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so this might get deleted for the podcast version. We'll see. 
Uh, here we go. Hey guys, it's um, Jesus. I have a question that's been in my mind for quite some time. Um, every time San Antonio seems to play, um, we never know what team's going to show up. If the team's going to score zero points or the one's going to go off and score three. Um, with the addition of last lane, it seems to have helped a bit. Um, and I'm going back to, you don't know what team is going to get. It seems to be a worrisome trend. You guys think it's going to continue? the rest of the season and possibly the postseason, something we should be worried about, or once we get to the postseason and we, we make it um, whole new ball game, just like you guys say, um, we shouldn't worry about who's going to show up then. Well, thank you, guys. Cool. Thanks, Jesus. That was actually a really good comment, or question, rather. Um, do you want to start off with kind of, are you worried about, you know, what team's going to show up uh, each week? I mean, I think up to this point in the season, we've kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde team. We've seen them go on their runs where they're scoring goals, they're getting wins. You know, we had our 4-0 run and then start a losing streak right after it. I'm hoping that going forward that Lance Lang being here, um, he seems to have sparked that offense. If he continues to do so, I'm hoping that that is what we're going to see going, be, see going forward from here. Um, as long as we can be consistent on that attacking threat, then I think we'll be all right going forward. Yeah. And I think as far as just speaking on consistency, I think we're starting to see kind of the optimal 11 taking shape. Um, I, I think as long as everyone's healthy and the play quality doesn't drop dramatically, I think we're going to see Ever Guzman up top. We're going to see Omar Gordon and Lance Lang on the wings. Um, kind of a rotation of Connor Presley, Ethan Bryant, Mikey Lopez as the 10. Um, and then a rotation of Lopez, Pekka, and Ward as the other two central midfielders. Um, and then the back line, Cochran, you know, we talked about that a second yeah. ago. Cochran, uh, Hedrick, probably Hernandez, and then King on the other side. So... Uh, and then Cardoni and goal. So I think now that we're getting into that crunch time where these points, you know, you can see the finish line and you're, the math is starting to come together on what you need each week. Um, so I think now that we're getting to that point, we're going to see the same lineup start coming out barring injury or, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but Omar Gordon got called up to the national team and yep. isn't going to be there Saturday. So things like that, but. Um, yeah, very, very good voicemail there. Thanks, Jesus. I really appreciate that. Um, our gamble paid off. <laughs> Maybe I just shouldn't screen any calls. So that oh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Don't go down that road every week. No, 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 no. <clears throat> anyway, um, I think that's pretty much it for the week that has been. We can start looking forward to this uh, rising week, rising interest in... I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good try, though. It's a good try. Um, yeah, we play Phoenix Rising this Saturday night um, here at Toyota Field in San Antonio. So we, we get Phoenix to come to our turf this time, um, which is exciting. I'm, I'm excited about this game. Will we see Didier Drogba this time? I don't know. What do you think? Probably not. <laughs> I'm with you right there. The dude doesn't seem to play very many games. He's played six games this entire season. So. Yeah, I would love to. Um, 
And, you know, if Sam wants to give that up in Periscope chat, I'm more than welcome to. But um, You're on the spot now. Is Drogba going to be here this week? As much as I would love to see him, I I don't expect to see him travel, um, especially to Texas. Um, You know, he's he's not the youngest player. I don't blame him. Um, You know, save it for the home fans. I I understand that, if that's the case. Um, But it would be really cool to be able to see him. (laughs) (laughs) puts laughing emojis everywhere <laughs> i guess yeah. that's that's a no <laughs> that a no <laughs> but we will be seeing some faces that we know um with uh headlining that billy forbes right yeah i mean just like we've kind of become a home for xrgv houston dynamo players <laughs> uh phoenix has become a cornucopia of offensive san antonio fc players that have left us um they've got billy forbes Devin vega and jj johnson you know so J- jason johnson out there and jason has really stolen the show out there this season um he's got a ton of goals, seven goals, I think like 50 shots this season. So he's just out there being a monster. It's just so crazy. Like he was good in San Antonio. He scored the first goal in club history in Seattle. Um, But uh, you know, he, he left the club and then when he got to Phoenix, just started lighting it up. It was just insane. So um, you know, it would be good to see him again. And, um, you know, it, it's great all the success that he's finding. Um, last time these two clubs met, um, Billy Forbes and uh, Devin Vega both scored uh, against San Antonio. Yeah, which is big considering Forbes only has two goals on the season, and that was Devin Vega's first. So, um, yeah, they've. They've gotten uh, they've gotten some goals on San Antonio. Hopefully, we can stop that this weekend, though. I wonder how much of like revenge game type stuff there is with um, former players and former you know teams that players are visiting and all that stuff. Like, I think overwhelmingly the fan base is probably going to be really receptive of um, Billy Forbes and. You know, Devin Vega is from San Antonio, so he'll probably have a good section here as well. Um, It's just, it's interesting to see. I'm excited to see those guys again. (laughs) I think it's going to be a little bit more of an amicable amicable appearance than what we saw out of a (laughs) Jaqua. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't Um, pretty when he came to town by any means. Yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, for anyone who didn't remember, that was when he got ejected uh, super late into the match, straight red for a pretty nasty slide on on Darnell King. Yeah. Um, not great. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, the only thing I'm kind of bummed about is that Omar Gordon won't be there. Um, right. I feel like, you know, I'm really happy for Gordon. It's great that he got called up to play for Jamaica. Um but, you know, it, it's really unfortunate timing with SAFC trying to make this playoff push. And, and you have one of, if not the best team in the Western Conference in Phoenix coming into town. Uh, so you, I, I would have loved to see kind of a full strength roster, especially the throttling that San Antonio got last time these two teams met. Right. Um, obviously, a lot's changed since then. Uh, goalkeeper change and probably a backline change and 
uh, Lang is in and Gordon will be out, but you know, uh, that's my, my only kind of negative is I wish we were seeing both sides with their full potential rosters and, and going for it. Uh, Sam Shazad says, if it makes you feel any better, Lambert will be gone with Jamaica too. And he's one of their starting guys. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're going to be missing somebody too as well out there when they come to town here this weekend. Um, who do you think is going to slot in for Gordon? <sighs> Tear pack. Um, that's a good i'd take it but uh (laughs) probably not gonna happen i could see um i could see connor presley going out to the wing again um kyle murphy has gotten some minutes and looked pretty decent um maybe jose escalante i you know i I don't want to be too harsh maybe i should i don't know but uh escalante has been a little bit of a disappointment this year he was kind of a a premier signing coming into the season and has kind of disappeared onto the bench since so if he could come in against phoenix and and make a statement i'm sure that would uh make a lot of people happy him included so i'm going um, with presley presley i think presley's gonna slide out there and we'll probably see um actually Mikey come up and play the 10 and Charlie will be out there on the field this week as a defensive mid. Yeah. I, I wonder if Ethan Bryant will be up there or not. <clears throat> I feel like they're kind of trying to not play him every match. It seems like, um, and he did not play on Monday, I don't believe. Um, so, you know, he should be available, I would think. And, you know, he's played a pretty solid 10 and, and Lopez is, uh, really taking over that eight spot, that box-to-box yeah. midfielder. Um, Michael Reed was solid in the past two years, but I feel like Lopez um, kind of is a game changer for, he, for better or worse. <laughs> he excels made- at the position. He does. He excels at the position through and through. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Brian out there either and, and Mikey stayed put where he is. I mean, either way, um, I think Presley's the man we see out on them, out in, for Gordon that this game this weekend yeah he seems like he's gotten a lot of minutes lately seems like someone that uh coach Powell is investing those minutes in um which makes sense like we've said it before you want to see even if they're not directly from the academy you want to see some of these younger players getting the minutes because that's going to be the core of your team long term um potentially so Presley Bryant uh It'd be great if Maxi Rodriguez could get some more minutes because he's he's been pretty solid when he when he has, but he's just kind of in that crowded position. Um, well, I mean, it's it's <laughs> not hard to say that this is going to be the toughest game for the rest of the season. Pro- probably looking at the lineup here, or looking at the the schedule here for the rest of the season. Um, so if we can get past this hump and either keep it to a tie or possibly walk out of there with three points, that would be big for us going forward. Um, we're starting to see things shake out in the standings for East and West side, West uh, divisions here. Um, the East actually has FC Cincinnati clinching the first playoff spot at this point um, with 60 points. So they're kind of pulling away from the pack out there, but surprisingly enough, the rest of the standings are kind of shaking out very similar between both divisions. Um, and right now, if you were to plug San Antonio in out in the Eastern conference, we'd be in the exact same spot fringe playoff yeah. team in the eighth spot right now. Um, outside of Cincinnati though. Yeah. 
lots of lots of teams just hanging around all together in the same spot a few points apart. Yeah, in the past we've seen the Western Conference be very top heavy. So it's kind of you know, maybe not nice for San Antonio FC, but as a fan, as someone who's invested in the league, um, seeing it a little more spread out and a little more competitive is kind of interesting. Um, with a win against Phoenix, San Antonio could potentially jump up to sixth place. Um, a lot of things have to bounce their way for that to happen, and I'm not sure it's going to happen immediately. But like you said, on paper, it is the toughest game for the rest of the regular season for San Antonio because after that, they travel to Tulsa, they travel to Swope Park, they travel to St. Louis, and then two home matches against Seattle and Las Vegas, finishing off the season at home against RGV. So on paper, all of these teams are beatable yep. by San Antonio. Um, obviously, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen – uh, Seattle and Portland and some of these teams that they quote unquote should be beating um, kind of upset the balance of things. But, you know, now that we're in the home stretch, we'll see what happens, especially with Lang and Hernandez coming in. Yeah. The end is near here. So it's, it's put up or shut up time. We've got to get those points in to secure that playoff spot. So looking at the top above San Antonio, Phoenix and Salt Lake City have the same amount of points through the same amount of games played. Mm -hmm. Um, Salt Lake City just has an additional win over uh, Phoenix's 16. Salt Lake City has 17. Um, Orange County is right behind them in two points. And then there's a little bit of a gap, but little end of season prediction here. Who do you, how do you see that shaking out the top? Let's say the top, three for sure after that i think there's some question marks hold on if i, I want to pull up phoenix's schedule for the That's rest of the that. season here let's see phoenix still has seattle colorado st louis reno las vegas and portland it's very similar <laughs> to san antonio's actually <laughs> very similar so you know i think it's going to be close to dead even but with all the attacking options in phoenix i think they're probably going to climb up to the one spot they've been slowly but surely making their way up there yeah i feel like phoenix has kind of low-key been ramping up as the season's gone like they they started hot but Salt Lake has kind of been the hyped up team in the Western Conference for the last couple of years. And as San Antonio showed, they are beatable. And looking at Salt Lake City's uh, schedule here, they've got RGV, St. Louis, Orange County, Los Dos, Colorado, uh, OKC, and Fresno. So, you know, they're, they're kind of playing the bottom half teams too, other than yeah. – county um it's gonna be a race man i'm excited to see this i just bold prediction here maybe not so bold i guess but i think i'm gonna go for the top three phoenix salt lake city orange county i would put it the exact same way going out from here now there we go yeah Do you think san antonio hops up another spot or two I don't know. You're talking by like the end of the season? Do by the think? end of the season. Where do you think we end up with the end of the season? Where we're sitting today with what, six games left, seven games left, something like that, seven? 
they really need to beat St. Louis when that game happens. Uh, St. Louis is one point behind San Antonio in the nine spot. After that, there's a little bit of a cushion. Um, OKC is in the 10 spot with 35 points to San Antonio's 40. Um, I feel, man, I feel like it's 2016 again, where like <laughs> so close. <laughs> St. Louis um, and Swope are the big ones. We got, or yeah. Not, yeah, those are the two that we need to walk out with wins preferably so yeah i i think san antonio makes the playoffs i don't see it being above the seven seed i think seventh or eighth is uh is where they're gonna land we're agreeing tonight man seventh (laughs) seed playing number two real monarchs in Salt Lake, Salt Lake, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that for San Antonio. Yeah, doesn't get much better than that for San Antonio. That would actually be pretty ideal, with yeah. how things have shaken shaken out the last two years. Yeah, that that would be fun. That would make for a good narrative for that first round playoff game. Um, of course, we could see them go on a losing streak and finish twelfth, but let's not talk about that. Hopefully that's not the case. I feel like things are getting figured out. I feel like uh, things are, are on the right path. So we'll leave it at that. Um, anything else you want to talk about with San Antonio FC in general? Um, no, I think we covered everything. I'm ready to go for this weekend. Hopefully yeah. we'll see everybody out there. Hopefully we'll see Sam and the guys out there too. Yeah. Um, I may have misspoke at the top of the show. The Columbus lawsuit stuff, was that this week or last week? That was this week. Okay. Okay. That was this week. No, it was not last week. Um, That was this week with the motion to dismiss the lawsuit in regards to the Modell law and how it applies um, to MLS and PSV. Yeah. So obviously not a ton to do with Texas soccer there. but it's this is going to be a long process and it's yeah. going to get confusing. And um, I think the interesting thing from everything going on on the Ohio side of things is that obviously Austin FC is going to happen as far as we know. Like it hasn't, it's kind of in that weird spot of not being announced by the league, but having a branding announced yeah by by an mls owner um or operator whatever operator um (laughs) so i don't think anything in ohio is gonna stop a team from coming to austin where it's gonna get sticky in my opinion is if they allow columbus to have an mls team right off the bat as well Um, where either Austin or Columbus, however you want to phrase it, one of them is an expansion team. Um, We discussed this slightly last week. I mean, it's, it's, it's a possibility and it might be the only way to keep everybody happy. You leave the the Columbus crew branding in Columbus with a new ownership group, whether that is under the same slot in MLS as it is now, or if it's an expansion team or who knows, but that might be the only way to make everybody happy here and piss off a whole bunch of other people as we mentioned last week yeah for for anyone who didn't know or who didn't listen last week the the big issue with that with just giving columbus a team and then everybody's happy is that not everybody's happy because 
uh, Detroit and San Antonio and Tampa and Sacramento and a lot of these expansion markets have uh, played by the rules, quote unquote. And if they arbitrarily uh, award a franchise, not arbitrarily, I shouldn't use that word, but um, if they award an expansion franchise to one of these markets, that's going to be an issue for yep. the other markets who have played by the rules, quote unquote. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I kind of laughed when Nelson Wolf tried to sue MLS or looked into suing MLS. Um, but I feel like if that happened, if MLS awarded an expansion team without doing the process that they gave all of the other markets, um, I feel like that is probably legally dubious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wolf will be out there with pitchforks, man. It, it'll be an angry mob between San Antonio and Phoenix and Sacramento and Detroit and everybody else. Yeah, the, there'll be cities will be up in arms. We'll be banded together to to go after big bad MLS for expansion stuff. Yeah, yeah. it'll get real shady real quick. That's when you're pissing off the billionaires and you don't want to mess with the three comma club. That's <laughs> That's one thing that I think MLS is smart enough not to do, but they've proven me wrong before. They're going to have to do some tiptoeing to get around doing that. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, like you mentioned, I don't think it's going to stop Austin from getting a team. Um, but the Columbus situation could definitely delay when that Austin team is able to start play here in Austin or in, in Austin. So yeah. um, it's interesting. And that, that uh, hearing that they had about the motion to dismiss um, did not have a decision made that day. Um, so there's still the standstill right now. The judge basically said that he would make a make a decision when he saw it practical, is what the word yeah. they used, was when it's practical, he'll make a decision. So it's under advisement right now by the judge, and we'll, I'm surely we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> what a mess, man. What a mess. A um, couple quick hits here before we wrap things up for the night. <clears throat> Nashville um, has taken the first step to getting their MLS stadium built. Um, the demolition at the fairgrounds was approved this week, um, paving, literally paving the way for a MLS stadium to be built there. Um, no big surprise, in my opinion. There was a little controversy, but it seemed like there was enough support going into it. I think it was like yeah. 31 to 8 was the vote. 31 in favor um so yeah that's you know anything with nashville mls that you want to mention nope they're getting their stadium they're gonna need it <laughs> they're gonna keep playing in them and mls um yeah it, didn't chris tierpak end up with nashville Am I he did that? after his little stint down there in miami um he signed up there with nashville um with michael reed so yeah he's sweet we, we got san antonio faces out there that are going to be looking to make the jump up to MLS level. And we've got two branding announcements to mention real quick in our quick hits here. Uh, Memphis 901 SC mm -hmm. is uh, joining USL, which I kind of love that name. What do, what do you think about it? It's different and I like different. So I, I like it. I like it. It's not a, just a cookie cutter name. Um, so I applaud them for going a different route than a lot of places do. Did you see the the crest, the badge? I didn't see the crest. Oh, nice. Do I need to pull it up? Yeah, go ahead and pull it up, I'll man. It up. It's uh, <clears throat> it really 
dives into the city a little bit and it's one of those that um oh sorry is it fc memphis 901 fc 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 mess that up um oh it's a nice crest that looks good it's very las vegas yeah that was the one thing that i thought was like the neon reminds me of las vegas but really when you look at like beale street and the music scene in memphis and all of that i get it and and i dig it um it's kind of that neon pink and blue uh with an m on the top with the crown 901 down the middle um that's a good looking crest and the uh the middle of it is supposed to be a record like a musical record if i remember that correctly from yep. their announcement so you got it right this is all making great audio um <laughs> go google it if you haven't gotten a chance memphis 901 fc uh if you go to memphis 901 fc.com their crest is right there at the top um i dig it i dig everything about it and you know assuming usl is going to have a central conference eventually it'd be kind of cool to to see what they come out with with their kits and everything yeah no it's gonna be fun to watch them them come to fruition here and then the one that uh, you and I have probably talked most about this week, um, Miami MLS uh, has a identity officially. They do. It's exciting. <laughs> so um, you've got Inter Miami. Sorry, let's see here from the from the badge here, Club Internacional de Football. Uh, Miami so enter Miami CF which you know they are changing it up from the city FC or uh, city United or, or whatever it may be so kudos to them but I think the name is good and the name will appeal to the market but that badge man that that crest what do you think? Give me more herons and birds on crest. As a bird keeper, a zookeeper who takes care of birds for a living, man, I am all about this. And I'm from Miami, the Miami area originally. Um, I can get behind this. I will be ordering a kit when it comes out. I hope they full on with the black and pink. It's going to be great. It's super Miami. It really is. The pastel colors work for down there. So I'm behind it 110%. Sorry, Sports Illustrator was just playing some audio in my ear. But, oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I love the pastel pink. I love the herons. I, I love everything about this crest. Um, I love that they don't do when the city was established. They do when the club was actually established. They're not trying to fool anyone. Um, the only criticism I have, maybe not even criticism, but just observation uh, someone pointed this out on Reddit was that the announcement was at 5 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and someone brought up the fact that that is perfect time for um, England and for Europe. And with David mm-hmm. Beckham being the face of it uh, internationally, um, it was kind of one of those things of like, we are not the target of that announcement. <laughs> they, they wanted to, and a, a theory that I saw on Reddit, I, I wish I could give the person credit who typed it was that um, I believe it's sky sports has the MLS rights. And okay. so if they can get people invested over there into the Miami team and buying merch for the Miami team, you know, it, it makes sense. And I don't blame them for doing it. No, that's a, a huge market to hop into, and that, that makes sense. I get it. 
Yeah. Kind of like uh, all those Jacksonville Jaguars fans over in oh, London. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm on board. I'm on board. I can't wait to see what the full kit looks like. Like I said, I'll be buying one as soon as it comes out. I do not have an MLS team. Most people don't realize that. I don't follow Houston. Don't follow Dallas. Was hoping to follow San Antonio. Hopefully, I'll still be able to at some point. Um, but I think I'm going to hop on the Miami Miami train here as I sit here in my Miami Dolphins shirt. So don't <laughs> don't doubt it. I am here. I'm a Miami guy. So it is what it is. I yeah, like it, I I dig it, man. One of the things that we talked about privately was our only worry was uh, an all black kit. I hope it's not that. God, no, please uh, please let it be a primary, primarily pink kit with black and white accents. That would be um, is what I'd like. So <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. That would be awesome. Even if like just one of the kits is that, and then the other one yeah. is the generic MLS plain color or whatever. Um, like I feel like a pink kit could probably pass as a white kit, like as yeah. far as um, differentiating between the teams goes. It's so, not like there's. Are there any other teams out there in MLS that even have a pink kit? Like I don't. I don't, I don't think know so. That there is. Um, I was thinking about this this morning. Orlando is purple, which yeah. I thought it was interesting that the two Florida teams have kind of the two most distinct, two of the most distinct colors um the the pink and the purple so yeah. that's kind of interesting i feel like other than that and nycfc being you know man city's colors i feel like you get a lot of reds and blues and then you get up to cascadia and you see the the rave green in seattle and the darker green in portland um yeah i don't know either way i'm excited about miami Pink and cayenne. There you go. Si- pink and cyan. Yeah. Cyan. Cyan. I'm gonna say that. Cyan. Word, actually. It's it's cyan. cyan. Hmm. Today. Um. We have one more kind of spoilerish branding <clears throat> announcement. I don't know if you saw you caught this or not. El Paso. Oh. Did a they- billboard popped up in El Paso that is a locomotive car, and it says it's coming on it. It's a train car with it. It's coming on the side of it. Um, and there is a lot of rumors that the yet-to-be-announced team name will be the El Paso Locomotive, which was one of the options originally when they gave that list. So Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know the specific history on why it would be a locomotive, um, but I, I feel like the star would have been such a better name either star or Australia. i feel like they probably split the vote like by putting one in english and one in spanish when like yeah. you know people probably would have been okay with either one um i don't know we'll see but i'm on board with it at least it's not just el paso fc like that's all i ask at this point <laughs> yeah it's it's something different so i mean i i can dig with it and look forward to that rivalry whenever it formally gets announced and and we see yeah. El Paso travel here to San Antonio and we go out there as well so that'll be fun man yeah um my wife I've said it a million times my wife's from El Paso so uh hopefully we'll we'll get a little rivalry going on there hopefully I'll get to go see away games there occasionally um that that's what happens whenever UTSA and UTEP play is uh you know <laughs> a little in-house rivalry <laughs> there you go um, 
I random random thought here talking about teams that don't have the FC at the the end of the name as we wrap up. Um, Merritt Paulson was on Twitter the other day and specifically mentioned that uh, the Portland Timbers are not Portland Timbers FC, are not PTFC. There's a Timbers Army chant that has PTFC, but okay. I thought that was interesting that he was like adamant that Portland's MLS team does not have FC anywhere in their name. And I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know. Random little factoid there for you. Okay. So I got one more thing. You said, you said a city and it spurred one more thing from news today. Orlando City B is officially relaunching as a D3 team in 2019. Orlando City C? Yeah, Orlando City C. <laughs> um, but they've been very, very adamant in the news brief today that it is going to be a bridge between the academy and the MLS squad, um, not a home to any first-teamers on injury or first-teamers that aren't getting minutes. So they're supposedly they're not sending people down at all. Yeah. We'll see if that lasts. Yeah. I've heard a lot of interesting things about the Orlando ownership and kind of how things are operating there. Um, and it doesn't surprise me to see them drop in a D3. Um, it doesn't surprise me to not see them rename that team from arguably the worst, ne- worst name in USL, Orlando City B. Um, like, fuck, man, come on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, good for them for getting their team back up. That's, that's sort of the Austin Aztecs right there. They went from Austin to Orlando and now down, unless you want to count the first team, but I don't think you should. Anyway, this has been fun. Yeah. Do this again next week. We need to make it three in a row next week for sure. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win over Phoenix come next Thursday. Yeah. And maybe we'll have more Austin news. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll have more Columbus news. Maybe we won't. Who knows? We'll find out next time. Austin Bold is still a thing. Yes, they are. Box contractually obligated to mention Austin Bold as a (laughs) thing that exists. Um, On that note, thank you so, so much for listening. Anything else you want to talk about tonight, Larry, before we get out of here? I think we covered it all tonight. I gotta go check on my fantasy football team, see uh, if Zach Ertz did anything. We played badly. Why are we doing this podcast on Thursday nights? I know. Let's move it to Wednesdays. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the Beautiful Game Network for letting us be part of the family. Thank you to Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring the podcast. You can check out their great scarves at roughneckscarves.com, R-U-F-F, neckscarves.com. Looking forward to seeing those San Antonio Thunder warm-ups this Saturday and uh, everything else that will come back in. But uh, until next Thursday, we'll talk to you later. You can follow us on social media at Kyle underscore Mankey at Larry Leathers 87 and at TX Soccer Radio. My brain stopped working there for a second. So, bye.